Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us today. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com or reach out to me personally, michael at bullrealty.com. Well, foreign investment in U.S. real estate. Uh, it happens. What is the future? What's it look like with COVID going, having gone on? It's still going on in some areas around the, uh, around the world. Well, luckily, we can find out today. Please welcome my guest. It's Gunnar Branson. He's CEO of AFIRE, the Association of Foreign Investors in Real Estate. Gunnar, thanks for joining us, sir. Thanks for having me, Mike. Well, you guys have been doing a, a report uh, each year uh, that uh, really looks at the sentiments and sentiments of foreign investors uh, in the U.S. And uh, you guys been doing it for how long? Thirty years? Yep, thirty years. Wow, that's incredible. And it's interesting to see, you know, how foreign investors look at the U.S. and look at the sectors and the, the top cities, regions, you know, what their concerns are. Uh, this report just recently came out, uh, so let's talk about some of the. Uh, highlights of it. And, and first of all, in, in, in brevity, uh, uh, for some of our audience members that may not be familiar with AFIRE, tell us briefly what you guys do. Well, AFIRE has been around for around 30 years uh, with the express intent of helping institutional investors from around the world place their capital in the United States. Uh, it started with a group of Japanese and Dutch investors at the beginning. And we've expanded to 24 different countries um, and uh, about $3 trillion in assets under management that are being put to work here. Perfect. And tell us about this report. How do you go about this report? Well, it's a, it's a straightforward process, although the devil's in the details, in terms of getting an idea from everyone, what are they planning to do this year? Uh, and that's one of those things that changes as we get through the year, one of the things I like to do is compare our report with Real Capital Analytics quarterly capital flow reports, cross-border capital flows, uh, because you start to see how we're doing quarter by quarter um, and if people are doing what they thought they were going to do. Uh, we tend to ask questions that are more kind of future trends oriented, uh, try to understand what the threats are, try to understand what the obstacles are. Uh, very important for us as we're talking with folks uh, around legislation is, you know, what are the things that are happening in terms of the government that are making it harder for you to invest? And the people you're interviewing, are these the kind of decision makers around the world that are looking to invest capital in the U.S. real estate market? Absolutely. Uh, it's mostly C-suite. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into it. So uh, I guess the first thing I'd like to ask you is kind of basically uh, what's the outlook generally for foreign investors that are looking at U.S. real estate? Well, interestingly and wonderfully, it's very positive, very optimistic. Uh, they're looking to increase their uh, net uh, positions in U.S. real estate over the next year at, at, to a significant amount, higher than what we've seen for years, even before COVID. Uh, you're seeing a lot of enthusiasm around multifamily, around industrial, and interestingly, in hospitality and hotels. Uh, so you're seeing a lot of activity. There's certainly some obstacles. Uh, another thing that's interesting, again, if you look at Real Capital Analytics quarterly report for the first quarter, uh, they're at the same level of investing that they were before COVID. Uh, by they, I mean non-U.S. investors. Uh, the 
the, there is a downturn. It's not exactly at 2019 yet, but uh, that's all happening from domestic investors. It's you know our folks that are really kind of saying we're committed. We're committed to the United States and we're committed to these markets in particular. Now, it is interesting where uh, they're investing. So you think the typical European or Asian investor in the United States, historically, where have they gone? New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Washington, D.C. Uh, they're in secondary markets now, and they're even in tertiary markets. Uh, one of the questions we ask that that has, is one of the most boring questions we've asked for 30 years, which is, you know, what are your favorite markets? And by boring, I mean you see the same markets mm -hmm. up at the top every year. Um, you never see a secondary market. You never see a tertiary market sitting in that top five. This year, lo and behold, the number one city, Austin, Texas. That's where these institutional investors want to be. Now, they want to be there for a couple of good reasons. Tech, growth, uh, also certainly a very young, talented workforce that is there, and a real demand. And some significant limitations to development. Unlike other Texas cities, you, you can't just sprawl. Uh, you've got some limitations physically. Yeah. So that all makes for good value. Uh, then you go after that, you go Austin, Boston, Dallas, Atlanta, and then New York City in number five. So it, it, I think it's, I mean, and don't discount New York, obviously. Uh, New York's going to continue to be an important market for them. And we saw some, in the first quarter, some significant uh, office transactions take place uh, in Manhattan. I think we're going to continue to see that, and we're going to continue to see growth, uh, at least in terms of what I'm being told. Um, but you're also going to see continued enthusiasm and investing in markets like Atlanta, in markets like Dallas. Um, you're, the Sun Belt continues to attract like a magnet at this point. Um, less so uh, the, the, the North, uh, but you're still seeing some investment up there as well and some significant transactions taking place, even in places like Chicago that have been kind of turned uh, away from for a little while, but you're, you're going to see that. And I also think that the reports of mass exodus from our major cities might have been a little hyperbolic um, a few months ago. I think you're seeing much more enthusiasm. So there's a very long question to a short, or long answer to a short question, so I apologize. Well, it's a great, great answer. Uh, and it brings a few uh, questions to my audience's mind, I believe. One is if, if there's foreign investment interest in U.S. real estate is increasing moving forward, is it because, why is it? Is it because U.S. is always considered maybe a safe haven, or is it maybe because the U.S. Uh, has handled COVID? I mean, you did this these interviews, what, in March, here we now are at June, is it, hey, U.S. handled COVID pretty good? Or is it just that they're looking at putting more of their funds into real estate? I think the answer is yes. Um, and, and there may be some more elements as well. But when you think about the COVID question, it's less, it's less a, oh, you guys handled it well. It's a, oh, you guys are coming out of it soon. You're coming out of it faster. Uh, and I think that is encouraging a lot of optimism. It's also a limitation right now still. If you think about European investors, they're having trouble getting here. Uh, so it's very hard for an executive, for example, in a German firm to be able to actually look at an asset before acquiring it. So there are some very real frictions right now that are making it difficult. This market always has been 
at least in the last 30 years, has been attractive to global capital for a variety of reasons. One is just the quality and the depth of the markets. Uh, these, are, these are good markets for investing in, and a lot of them. So we have about a dozen world-class cities that you know, have the kind of commercial real estate, institutional quality commercial real estate that we are looking for as a group. So there's more of those here than there are in a lot of other countries. You have some other elements. Certainly there is a, a feeling that there is more stability here, both political uh, and economic, than there might be in some other countries. However, that, that's not quite as assured, perhaps, as it was in years past. Uh, that they're just like everywhere else, we're experiencing volatility and, and controversy, which doesn't help. But generally, it's the health of the cities, health of the markets themselves, more than it is whatever's going on in Washington. You know, that, that's important, but more important is what's happening in Atlanta, what's happening in Dallas, what's happening in New York, San Francisco, et cetera. Well, you mentioned what's happening in D.C., and was there any concern um, foreign investor part uh, related to the proposed tax changes uh, that are going to potentially impact real estate? The easy answer is yes. <laughs> there's, there's always concern um, and always trying to work through that. I mean, the, the, the non-U.S. investor has had to deal with FERPTA for decades, uh, and it has long been a concern, although it's less now than it was before uh, because of some legislative changes that have been made over the last 10 years. But it, yeah, I mean, there is concern. I, I think tax is a concern. I think inflation is. I think, you know, all the usual dark horsemen of the apocalypse that uh, we worry about in real estate. But interestingly, that's not at the top of the list. Mm. Uh, you're not seeing those things as high as perhaps we do in a normal year. Uh, what's rising? Cybersecurity, mm. obsolescence uh, of the assets themselves, changes in demographic moves, if you will, or migration that's taking place. These are more at the top of their lists and more as they're thinking about, you know, where's the real risk? Tax is a risk. It's always a risk. It's like death, right? You know, <laughs> it always happens. But, and, and hopefully it doesn't happen. But so much more important right now is to understand what's happening at the asset level, what's happening with the tenancy. And we're seeing a, a, a sea change or at least questions being asked about asset classes that we never thought about. Office, of course, office, you know, it's a money machine. We don't worry about it. We worry about it now. And no one knows exactly what it's going to look like when we get through all this. I'd say we've got another 18 months to two years before we really understand how office is going to be used going forward and, and what the, the, the value proposition is. Do we have to become more like uh, operating businesses versus just a, a, a passive asset that we don't have to worry about as much? Um, I don't know. And no one does. And I think as long as that question is there, I think people are looking at the asset going, what's going to happen here? I think people are concerned about... Um, Global warming. I mean, I know that's kind of a general worry that everyone has, but I think it's it it has some very real and tangible impacts depending on which market you're in uh, when you're seeing those things happen. Now, remember the storm in Texas was fresh in everyone's minds when we asked these questions, mm -hmm. but we're seeing these kinds of events um, like the, the wildfires, we're seeing the, the sea level rise, especially in places like Miami. And I think these things 
are are prodding people to question how well will the value hold for 20 years? Because if you're an institutional investor, you're buying for 10, but you got to sell it again to someone else who believes it has another 10. So it, it's no longer something that's in the distant future. Oh yeah, maybe we're going to have a problem. It's becoming something a little bit more immediate. Right. When I think of foreign investors, you know, I think of mainly uh, them buying in the central business district, right? The large, beautiful right. assets. Um, and you touched on it uh, briefly about the um, future of, of the large uh, cities around the U.S. So if the foreign investor's interest in, in U.S. real estate is increasing, increasing moving forward, does that mean that they're not that concerned with the central business districts of, of the large cities? That's a great question. Um, a, they're investing less in the central business district on a relative <laughs> basis than they did before. They're investing in, they're really pushing multifamily, 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 and that doesn't all happen in the CBD. Um, they are still believing in the central business district, and I think people generally do. Um, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people, a lot of people believe that that is over. Um, some people are, have pointed out to me in the last couple of weeks that they're seeing some indications of some moving back in, um, to the cities, but, um, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I think it's a real question what happens to those CBDs and, and we'll learn what happens over the next couple of years, but there's a high level of confidence. Uh, put it this way. Most of these institutions are populated by people who live and work in cities close to cities. So you're not dealing with someone necessarily that's in his palatial mansion out in the mountains in Colorado or something. You're, you're dealing with someone who's in Hamburg, you know, and lives and works in cities. So I think there's a, a real kind of fundamental belief. Yeah. We're talking with Gunnar Branson, he's CEO of the Association of Foreign Investors in Real Estate, about their 2021 investor sentiment uh, report. And um, Gunnar, was there anything that kind of jumped out to you uh, this year uh, going through this report and talking about it that, that maybe surprised you? Well, I think the, we led with the surprise. I was surprised by Austin. And, Austin, uh, yeah. It's, it's long been a great market and an interesting one, um, but I do think it signals a change. The other surprise for me was hotel. Oh, yeah. Um, so ahead of office is hotel in terms of uh, their intention uh, for this year. And I think it's also a belief, it's similar to the belief in the city continuing, and I think a well-founded one, is a belief in travel and a belief that these are good businesses that in the next couple of years will recover from this strange once-in-a-lifetime experience. Uh, so I think there's a lot of interest there. Now, there's interest even though the distressed asset sales that everyone expected, say a year ago, have not surfaced. And there's a good chance that they won't. So they're still excited about it, even though they can't buy it five cents on the dollar. And I think that's, that's ex I think that's, that's, it's encouraging. It, it really makes me believe that we're on a good track and that their due diligence is surfacing um, some real positive trends. Does foreign investor interest in an asset class like hotels and hospitality 
does that signal a change in the risk tolerance? I, I tend to think of foreign investors as, as core investors. Um, is the risk tolerance adjusting some? I, yeah, I think their, their, their perception of risk is changing a bit. Um, I think part of, part of what I find interesting about uh, risk and the, the non-U.S. investor, one, of course, depends on who you're talking to, which country, you know, what, what, what the capital actually wants. But more than a, than a core versus value-add or opportunistic, and by the way, yes, in our surveys, they're increasing year over year in terms of the amount of commitment to value-add and opportunistic versus core. Core is diminishing every single year. Mm. Is that it's really more about time. So if your time horizon is longer, then your risk is different. And what you're looking for is different. Someone who has a shorter time frame, say a five-year or a six or seven-year time frame, their core is different from someone's 10-year, 12-year, 20, 30-year. I have a member that literally says to me, uh, we have a 200-year time horizon. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know if they'll own those assets 200 years from now, but you, you are dealing with a much longer time horizon, which allows for something that might appear riskier to, to one investor, um, but is actually less risky for them. All that being said, they love core. I'd say about half their, port, half their portfolios going forward, core, very much important to them. But I think the definition of core is kind of being questioned. Um, you know, is that shiny office tower and the CBD core? Maybe, probably, mm -hmm. but there's some doubt. Yeah, I believe there's going to be a lot of opportunity in office. I think, it, in my personal opinion, it's going to rebound a lot faster than, than people think. And uh, But let me ask you this. Uh, what are some of the top regions, you think, for um, growth from uh, foreign investors? What, what countries, what regions are going to be pouring more money into U.S. real estate? Well, you're going to continue to see... Uh, a strong amount of capital coming from Canada, and they've been the the, the lead non-U.S. investor for a decade. That's continuing. You have a very healthy pension system. You have you know just a lot of capital, and not that many buildings for them to invest it in comparatively. So the United States is a logical place for them to go. Uh, I think you're going to continue to see an expansion of Asian capital, in particular uh, Korean and Japanese. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, new investors. We're seeing new members from that area that are very, very focused and have large funds focused on the U.S. market. So you're going to see a lot of that. Certainly, you're going to continue to see Europe, um, but you know, obviously, that's going to you know change uh, depending on on where things are. But I'd say you know, our at this point, uh, Canada and Germany are our largest members member groups. Um, we are seeing an expansion of membership. Um, in Asia. And that tends to be where a lot of the new growth is happening right now for us. Um, but certainly, I do know that Japanese pension plans and South Korean pension plans are, are very focused on the U.S. market. Okay. And, and Gunnar, what uh, would you leave our audience with to think about moving forward uh, as we finish up here about foreign investors uh, into to U.S. real estate? Well, one of the things I think that's important to understand about investors outside the U.S., is they know a lot of the same new things that, that everyone else knows. Uh, there's much more transparency in the market than there was even 10 years ago. And many of them 
uh, are, are fully part of our real estate environment. They are here. Uh, so it's less, I, I actually tend to diminish, uh, pull back on the word foreigner for that, for that reason. They're not really foreign. They're just capital coming from other parts of the world. Um, so I, I think that's something to remember. The other thing to remember is that this group generally, because they have to go through more friction to get here, they have to move, you know, get their capital from somewhere else to the United States. And there's all sorts of issues around that. They're watching things that a little bit more closely, I think, than a lot of other people. They tend to be the grown-ups in the room. Not always, but they tend to be the ones that are saying, all right, what, what makes the most sense uh, for my constituency? Where is the least amount of loss? Um, and what are those risks that people aren't looking at because I'm thinking long-term? So I think the more you understand what those risks could be and you understand that you're going to have to be flexible as we go forward, that there's great opportunity, obviously, with that, but there's also a, a need for us not to do the same thing we did last week. We have to be nimble. Right. Excellent. Well, um, listeners, you can uh, check out this report, uh, go to their uh, website. It's afire.org, A-S-I-R-E.org. You can actually uh, read the uh, full report and learn more about uh, AFIRE. Gunnar, thanks for joining us, sir. We appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. All right. And thank you for joining us around the country or maybe around the world. Thank you for sharing the show and connecting with us on your favorite social media. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. If you appreciate the show, think about the opportunity to do business or refer business to our sponsors. Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies. For incredible commercial agent training, visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Core.green. Use ION technology to create a safer environment for your real estate. Visit core.green. For more commercial real estate intel, forecasts, and strategies, visit CREshow.com.